What is good, ladies and gentlemen? The Big O Belt po Podcast is back here for our weekly episode. Man, we we really, really, really got something special tonight because I believe our whole team will be in presence tonight. Um, first off, before I start about uh, introducing everybody, definitely check out um, our two interviews we got in the beginning of this week. We got the um, we got O'Shea. Um, um, we got O'Shea Edwards from Monday that we did, and uh, we're talking about uh, primetime pro wrestling there. And then we got uh, Rumble Renaissance on our Tuesday episode that we did, which they, but they have an event coming up this Saturday, um, Shakespeare in the Squared Circle, presented by Mike Crackenbush that we did. Um, very interesting episode, so definitely check out those two episodes uh, for the week. But this is our weekly scheduled Thursday night episode. And again, it's special because it's been a while since our whole team has been here. Uh, we still have one missing who's going to jump on a little bit, but we're already a little bit delayed um, as far as our schedule and our personal lives. So we want to make sure we got started. But any, anyway, let me first start by introducing and welcoming back my guy, my man, Dr. M. Marcus. What's going on, God, buddy? Oh, uh, not a whole lot. Glad to be back uh, and join you all, hopefully for uh, more than 30 years. And, uh, but I, I must say I have been doing my best to keep up with what you all have been doing the past few months. And uh, you all have, uh, I would say, been handling everything quite well. So I'm just happy to join in for a change. Hey, look, it's... It's not that you haven't been in tune. We know, and anybody that don't know, Dr. M is uh, the fingers behind the Big Old Belt Twitter. So all the engagement, interactions, and everything that's going on on our social media, he's running it. So he's here. His voice hasn't been here, but he's always been here. So uh, make sure you always show him love and um, definitely embrace in the interactions that we got on our social media. And my man, Silly Sellers Marcellus, has just joined in. So we do have the whole team now. Marcellus, what's going on, buddy? Oh, this is perfect time. We're doing the intros. Oh, I feel great. How you guys doing? We're good. We're good. We're good. And um, the other two guys that's been here for the long haul, uh, Chef Master himself, John Crab Jamal. What's up, buddy? I need to get some eggs and some panko bread. It's going to be a long night. <laughs> And we're going to mute you whenever you decide to keep, uh, cook. So we're just going to let you know. And my guy, Hot Take, Will Hill Mahoney. What's up, dude? What's up, my man? We have had a busy week and a lot of chaos going on. And I think we got a lot to cover tonight because I think, has the world changed? Did the world <laughs> change this week? <laughs> man, well, it's, it has definitely been one of the most interesting weeks in professional wrestling. Like, I know we had this kind of feel in January because of so many things changing, but literally after AEW double or nothing, we have seen not just the, the, the landscape of professional wrestling change, but the fans, there has been a, a, a split in the Nile river and 
there's a war amongst everybody. And we have so much to talk about tonight because we want to talk about the aftermath of that event. We want to talk about where we stand as fans. We want to talk about Dean Ambrose tonight. And and maybe we get into some WWE talk. We want to talk about who's Dean Ambrose. That's right. That man don't exist no more. (laughs) Never heard of Dean Ambrose, John Mosley. We we have some top. We have some talk there. So we have a lot to cover. So first off, let's start off with AEW Double or Nothing Starcast Two Weekend Las Vegas at the um, MGM Grand. It happened. The show went down, and I just want to. I'm 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 a pass around the table, and I'm not gonna call out names because I, I just want everybody to jump in there. Initially, after the conclusion of the show, I just want to hear some thoughts, reactions, and 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 other things that you got immediately after. And I and I and I really want these thoughts to be excluded from the social media interactions because you know that can sway things a little bit. So. Upon upon actually watching the show for yourself, what are some of the reactions you got? Somebody jump in there. Ooh, I, I mean, I'll start and go first. My first thought was, okay, all right, let me go twofold. So my thought was now what? But I had one of my good friends that I grew up with. Um, he had texted me. And he was like, man, I'm just like a big AEW mark. I love it. I, I can't wait. I want to go to Jacksonville for the next show. And, I, and I'm thinking like, you know, it was good, but just – now what? How do we build from here? Um, just like with any TV show that you do, you have your pilot episode, you have your season one banger, but how do you build from it? Because this is not a sprint. It should be a marathon. Um, as far as the show, I love the show. Um, but just where do you grow and how do you build from here? That, that was my first thought. Not trying to be pessimistic, but just how do you grow from it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the show was a solid four out of five. Um, it, like the card wasn't the greatest card ever. The show itself wasn't the greatest show that I've ever seen. Um, there were a lot of production pieces that didn't work. Um, a lot of uh, the introduction of the but there were some things that definitely didn't work from like a production standpoint. Um, I don't know the, the commentary is an issue that they're going to have to figure out before they hit TV Agreed. in October. Agreed. Um, <laughs> so there are there are some things that they definitely have room for improvement. But as their first show. The question for me isn't whether or not they should rival WWE or anything like that, because that's not really what we're talking about. The question for for AEW is, what do they do that will separate themselves from a Ring of Honor, from a TNA, and how do they not make those mistakes? Because everybody's going to immediately draw the comparisons between WWE and TNA, or WWE and WCW. Um, Or, I mean, like, what will their legacy be? And obviously... They can be the first AEW, and that's fine. But if we're we're definitely seeing some influences from TNA, we're definitely seeing some influences from ECW, and a hell of a lot of influence from WCW. But you know, going forward, what will, uh, how do they want to to tread? And of course, their next show is in a month, so luckily that's not. They don't have to rush to that. The biggest thing for me was that after watching the show, it wasn't. Oh man, WWE is scared. It's oh man, I can't wait for the next show to see how these storylines that they're setting up develop. I'm not talking about the company after watching the show. I'm talking about the wrestling. I'm talking about that spot or this spot or you know so many four fifties and six thirties or the fact that this person got in and the fact that Billy Gunn is like seven feet tall and nobody knew. 
Um, <laughs> you know, it's like I'm actually talking about the show instead of the, uh, the, the other implications of the show. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I agree with a lot of what's been said. Was it the greatest show ever? No, no, it wasn't the greatest show ever. Though a lot of people seem to think it was. I would not by any means call it the greatest pay-per-view ever. But it was really, really darn good. For a first show, I think more often than not, they got it right. And they gave you enough interesting stuff that I definitely want to see where they go with things. They definitely have my attention. They definitely have things they need to work on. Like was just said, like production-wise, with the commentary, with the camera work, there's a lot of issues there um, from the broadcast. But as far as like the in-ring went, I'll, I'll flat out say it. Cody Rhodes had the, had the best match of his career on Saturday mm. night. Mm. Hands agree. down. Hands down without a doubt. And I've never really thought much of Cody. I've always thought he's just kind of okay. By far, he had the best match of his career. And hell, that might also have been Dustin Rhodes' best match of his career. <laughs> It's that definitely be the best matches he it's definitely the best match he's had in a long darn time. So the main events, I would say, they delivered what they needed to deliver in the big matches that mattered. Were there issues on the show? Yeah, there were issues on the show, but the good far outweighed the bad for me. So I think in my idea, that's a home run. That's as good as I could possibly expect for a first show from a company. You know what the best thing about it was? Is that the card was really booked well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they, uh, with SEU um, and the strong card starting it off with a good, like, paced, high, you know, uh, impact match. Mm-hmm. And then going from there. So I know a lot of the, the consensus online was like, well, the first half of the show was okay. And then the second half of the show was amazing. Well, that still averages out to a B plus. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so... And that's better than and that's better than most shows out there when they happen, you know. Right, because honestly, there really was no bathroom break uh, uh, spot. That's true. Um, there, there really, really <laughs> wasn't because the six woman Joshi match was personally my favorite match of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, though I, you know, obviously, and the Cody match was, uh, you know, an, an obvious popular match of the year cont- uh, candidate. Um, finally, the Bucks and the Lucha Bros got to have their match that they wanted to do since at all end they had to rush it. Um, but even still, the over-the-top battle royal was great because everybody had like a, a moment. Um, I've only seen Private Party like twice in House of Glory, and it's like, oh, that's why I remember them. And then there were other moments and, and stuff uh, that, that were great about each little thing. And now it's like, oh, this has really come together. And, and honestly, it was a four-hour-long program. Mm-hmm. I think that's what people don't are failing to, to like, not really bring up. It was a four-hour-long show that I didn't want to end. Mm. Whereas with other shows of considerable length, Wrestle Kingdom because of the time difference, WrestleMania because it's seven days long. <laughs> um, you know, it was a four-hour-long show, and the fact that we still didn't get um, Adam Page versus Pac on that show that we were supposed to. So, with considering what they had to overcome, which was. A marquee matchup not happening, and had to go from there. Um, the uh, a really steep uh, buy uh, for the pay per view at fifty bucks a piece. Um, signing talent to an unknown, unproven, unseen company that is having their first official match or of on their first official show. That's a lot of uh, give 
and that and, and a lot of uh, show and prove that had to happen, and it, and it went well. I mean, now that we got that out of the way, uh, what would what should have WWE's response been, if at all? Oh, wait, I think wait. that's the next thing going forward. Uh, I, I think that's a good question. Uh, before we go there, Marcus, which which is your after thoughts after this show? Uh, I agree with a lot of what's been said. Uh, I'm happy that AEW was able to pull this off. I thought it was a good show. Um, it left me with a lot of questions, though. Um, some relatively minor. Uh, for example, Ty Dillinger or Sean Spears now. Mm-hmm. Um, Still perfect. Who is, uh, I would imagine, happier where he is at the moment. Good for him. But um, with all the attention about his departure on social media and whatnot, he ends up in the battle royal for a handful of minutes, and I'm just kind of wondering, is this what you were gunning for the whole time here? <laughs> um, then when we think about the, the main card, uh, like what's been said, I thought it was a, a great card overall. Some hitches um, in between here and there. One question I did have, though, um, I was told through various interviews and social media posts and whatnot that AEW was going to be the company about sports and statistics and numbers and whatnot. And I realized this was their first show, but unless I'm forgetting something, I don't, I don't remember any mention of any of that. Not at all. Double or nothing. Not at all. And if we're yep. thinking about uh, the, the big question, what is going to make AEW stand apart? Obviously you need more than one show to stand apart, but I didn't see anything differentiating them from anything I, I've already seen at double or nothing, and I feel like that was a real missed opportunity. Well, let, let me that counter that. Let me, let me kind of real, really quickly mm-hmm. before you make your next point with the sports thing. Um, it's like the first, the opening day of the baseball season. Mm-hmm. There, you know, a team or a, a batter will be touting 2018 numbers to start the first season. So, if they're serious about making matches matter and making stats matter, then I, I couldn't imagine them starting that until uh, TV. Because yeah. I, I'm assuming that this is the preseason. If we're talking about whether or not uh, they have to ha- accumulate stats for them to matter, mm-hmm. so I think between this show, the show in Jacksonville, the show in um, July, and the show in Chicago, and the TV in October, this is your preseason before the numbers actually count. Mm-hmm. And if they don't I, think that, that makes it, perfect it, sense, yeah, it should be that, that way. Makes if perfect it's not sense, um, but. The fact that there was no no verbal mention of anything. Yeah. Right. Sure, we're not going to get any hard stats right now after one show, but you've been promoting through interviews that we're going to be about sports and stats. And I turn on Double or Nothing and I see Cody Rhodes smashing a throne. What does that have to do <laughs> with stats? Right. Now, obviously, that was one isolated moment, right? And that's probably nitpicky, but. Preseason, I, I totally get that idea, but they have several shows coming up, right, where they could have at least maybe gestured toward, hey, we're going to, uh, you know, this, this, we're going to record these matches. That's going to mean something for Fighter Fest or whatever it's called coming up soon, yeah. right? Something like that, I think, would have been useful, and I just think it was a missed opportunity. But overall, I think the good far, like everyone has said, the good far outweighed any minor issues like that. I, look, this is what I'm going to say about this show. 
there's one true there's one true star that came out of the show and his name is mjf yes sir they <laughs> completely did and mjf did what i was hoping we were going to get I, first of all me personally i never thought that mjf would be in a position that he was that he was for this promotion I thought he I always thought he was good, but I always thought that was Joey Janela's spot. The person that was going to be the person that was going to take this opportunity and flourish and was going to become a megastar. And god damn it, if it wasn't for MJF that took this and ran wild with it, if he was not the biggest star of this whole night, I don't know what you're what, what you were watching. If you didn't know who he was before this, you definitely knew who he was after this. He done took the elements of Starcast to 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 elevate himself, social media, and now he took Devil or Nothing, and he just became a better person. MJF won the night for me easily. Oh. The other thing that I think they did good was I, and I really appreciate what everybody's been saying about how they have not been honest about the statements they've been make, making. The one thing that they feel like they have been honest about was the tag team division. I think potentially seeing that we've seen the Bucks and um, the Lucha Brothers, mm-hmm. if that's the caliber of matches that we're going to get in this, then I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be good if we're going to continue to see. And I and I and I and I can say that personally, I think the Revival is the best tag team out there continuity wise. But the Lucha Brothers decorated and the the amount of work that they put over they that they put on over the last year. They're, they're they're arguably the best tag team out there, and so yes, you expect them to put on a high caliber match. The Bucks should be right up there with them as well. Blah 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 blah. But so you expect that. But if that's what we're going to expect with them in the tag team division, then I am very much in tune with what they're going to deliver on that note. But ultimately, I think that this night I left out saying like, you know what, this was a bound for glory type of night. This felt like an impact pay-per-view type of night. It it like it didn't feel the whole spectacle like all in did and how all the marks of the internet did of how this was gonna be the greatest show ever and how WWE was going to be the Titanic and AWW double or nothing was going to be the iceberg. I didn't feel that. This was just about I don't know how you didn't. I I, I didn't feel nothing really special overly special about this match sure the mic the, the match was good and and and, I'm, and i appreciate the fact that you mentioned it was four hours because i really didn't even realize it but i didn't enjoy it but over the top i mean over overall it was just a solid show for me i think they did they did a lot of good stuff there was production issues that i noticed um but for the first show i did appreciate solid matches for sure um another person i want to point out Kali ray is the star I thought she always was. And it was really good to see her being recognized as the person she is on um, on the big stage. Um, and that, that smile of hers is so genuine. If you ever meet her, you know that that's genuinely who she is. And she's forever grateful for her. So her character and what she embraces is truly who she is. And her um, her experience in ring work is 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 among amongst the best in independent wrestling. And it, it was good to see somebody that you've seen over the years of growing, growing, growing to flourish on the big stage. But overall, it, it just was a, it was just an okay show for me. I enjoyed it, but it was just okay. 
It was it was it was very solid. Okay. See, see the thing is, and I think that you know it's easy to undersell the magnitude of a show like this. Um, for me, it was more than okay. Obviously, mired by some technical issues and and, and a few booking issues, and I can get that in a second. Um, they put on a better show, uh, a better you know more polished show than Ring of Honor has in a few years. Uh, they definitely you know generated more buzz than Impact has, uh, you know, this year. So for them to come out with not like the greatest star power in a building that's not the biggest on, uh, you know, to do everything that they did, um, they basically took some B-plus characters from, from WWE, mm-hmm. and they took some, some solid characters, some B-plus characters from the indie, independent scene that may or may not have national prominence, and put on one of the most talked about shows of the year, and we've already had WrestleMania, and we're going to have the WrestleMania in the Middle East. So, and, and so like after Wrestle Kingdom, after WrestleMania, and before um, Super Saudi Arabia Showdown, Slamboree in your house, this was right up there with those those uh, legendary series in in the wrestling year, and for that for not an independent company because obviously they're corporately backed, but for uh, you know, a first show to make that kind of a splash in and of itself is nothing short of amazing. With that said, the question for me, other side from what would WWE's response be, the question for me becomes, how much does this hurt? Who's hurt more by AEW being such a big success? Uh, the Impacts and Ring of Honors of the world or WWE? I think we've already seen it. It's Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor's right. taken the biggest hit from this because they've lost the Bucks, they've lost Cody, they've lost any hope of like getting you know Kenny Omega to show up once in a blue moon. Ring of Honor's been decimated by this, so I think and as far as like the the biggest hit, they've taken the worst hit on this. Now there's a lot. Of, here's, here's something I want to bring up. Here's something I want to bring up because there's been so much talk about what's what's WWE's response gonna gonna be to this and how does this affect WWE. I think the more realistic competitor to AEW is NXT. That's, <laughs> I think, their true competitor since it's a similar style. It's where they're, the guys that they're like showcasing probably would be working under the WWE umbrella. And what I way I would compare Double or Nothing is, yes, it's been better than Ring of Honor shows in a long darn time. Yes, it's been better than Impact. And yes, it's been better than a bunch of WWE pay-per-views. But... I'd say there's been some NXT takeovers pretty recently that were better than Double or Nothing. Some, not some, a lot of it's going to be you know because there's less matches. You know, there's only like you know four or five matches on a takeover, but usually those four or five matches are all bangers. There's a lot less filler on a takeover mm-hmm. when you compare mm-hmm. the two. And, so, and that's that's interesting. Interesting that you say that, Will, because I was trying to look at the best way to try to compare the two. And Jamal, what you was talking about, B+, 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 which is very true, because you're taking the B-plus players from WWE, and then you're taking the higher-level people from the ROHs, which, and honestly, AEW is on the same level as Impact, as ROH. But we're looking to see what is going to be done differently than we've already seen in those uh, promotions, because we have the same people from those promotions. And I'm thinking, Will, just so what you said, if we compare it to NXT, if AEW can level itself to be higher than NXT, then that could be advantage where AEW may not be in that production money value as WWE, quote unquote. 
but it might be in that value on its own where it's better than WWE like product when you have similar figures in both NXT and AEW, but AEW separates itself in a way where people may just be attracted to that because it's better than what is the best thing about WWE, and that is NXT. Um, I would so agree with you mm-hmm. if people actually watched NXT. <laughs> but, but I do, I do, I disagree with him firmly, <laughs> like for real. Um, it, I mean, the comparison thing. I mean, everyone will say WWE, but we know like the big machine, the WWE SmackDown Raw. It's not going to be touched. The production, the consistency. Nope. Um, the sponsors, all that stuff. Man, why, why won't it be touched? I mean, they put on a pretty damn good show for what they had. And yeah, it's not like they had a bunch of squirrels in the production truck. But so has Impact. Impact has put on pretty good shows. RH, um, um, a best, best of the uh, best of the world. So am I saying that right? Yeah. Best of the world? Yeah. yeah. Best of the world. The last show was really good. So like, the, the, it's out there. I mean, Ju- Ju- New Japan, as we say, consistently puts on of the best show of the year in Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom last year was the best pay-per-view of the year in my eyes, and I just think that you know it's not really about the show. And the one thing about Double Nothing, no one's talking about is the Double Nothing is for us. They're not doing nothing for the kids, so you're leaving the one whole element out of there, and you know that's something you have to take take into consideration. Like while WWE does a product for three hours on Raw. That's a combination of what we want, what we may not want, but a lot of what the kids want and may not and things they may not know they want. It is still a combination of an assortment of crowds. And AW is not doing anything for the crowds. I mean, it is for they say it's for everybody, but there's nothing for kids. I'm sorry, I I scaled that crowd and I didn't see a kid in sight. Period. That 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 is something that definitely double or nothing. That is something that absolutely is is true about that show. That was a preaching to the choir show. Yes. That was not a show mm-hmm. for it drawing in new fans. That was not a show for drawing in people who've never seen being the elite or any of that. The right. question is going to be when the TV show launches in the fall, that's when they have to move beyond that. And it can't just be about being the elite and everything. It has to become about, we have people flipping channels that have never seen any of these people before. And we and have we- to somehow hook them. They're not yeah. at that point yet. And when you don't talk about sure. preaching to the choir, literally that's probably only 10% of the real TV community or people that watch wrestling on TV. Because like you said, uh, Two Chains, like when you think about the kid aspect, that really brings a lot to how much sponsorships comes in, how much money and, and, and TV ratings come in. Because really kids have a huge impact on it. I mean, think about literally what happened with the movie Aladdin this past week. And yeah, it was number one, but I guarantee that was more kids that were never exposed to Aladdin, more so than adults who try to relieve the, relive their childhood. And that's going to be the same thing like moving forward with these other Disney movies. You know, it has to go to that dynamic that you got to get kids or people, not just necessary kids, that have never been exposed to the product. Like you said, Will, who are turning on TV, precisely, oh, what is this? And I'm intrigued by this, not knowing any background. Yeah, we understand. In the marketing world of America, we understand that um, when it comes down to families, kids are determining fact. If there's kids in the household, there are determining factors in making the adults go. So mm-hmm. one kid equals could possibly equal three tickets or right, three right. three purchases, three sales, whatever it may be. And so that creates revenue. So when you do involve kids marketing towards kids and stuff like that it does create a bigger buzz yes with a latin a disney movie 
when you say Disney, you already speak to kids. So you mm -hmm. automatically got one audience on lock. Right. And then you have the nostalgia from the adults. But yep. even out of the two of the two parents, only one may go. So only one may be interested. But when the kid wants to go, then the family goes. And that's three tickets. Yep. And the thing when you're talking about money and longevity, I mean, they coincide with each other. You can't keep going unless you produce uh, not just quality product, but just you have to create revenue. Exactly. And if you want to, if you want to sustain uh, a stance in this business, you have to make it. Uh, uh, you have to make it in the sense that kids can enjoy. Now, yes, do ROH do that? No, but they attend to their market. They don't go. They don't overstep their boundaries as far as what they want to do. Impact. They make it so the fact that the TV product is free on Twitch. So, you know, something that anybody can watch. But that also gravitates to kids because kids love Twitch. They love streaming. So they're doing something in a little sneaky way that still draws eyes to them. But double or nothing, you have the big millionaire uh, backing behind them and you want to compete with the big dog. You can't unless you have the full circle amount of revenue that's going to make sure that you're able to co continuously produce and move forward. Yes, us adults, us marks, whoever it may be, watch being elite. But that that got us to Vegas. But will it get them to Jacksonville, or will it get us to uh, what part of Florida is a uh, fighter festival? Probably like uh, Daytona Beach. Daytona, exactly. Yep, Daytona. Is it going to get them there? No. But if kids are involved, kids change the whole perspective. I want to. I definitely want to give a shout out to my man Doug. Um, who's a who's a um a, a friend and a fan to the show here in this area? He was telling me about going on a Jericho cruise at the time. He said when he went, he wanted to go, but at first it was just like, well, I, I'm not, I can't just go by myself. Kids wanted to go, bought the tickets for the kids, and his wife wants to go. It becomes a whole thing. That's four tickets sold yep. to an event. Yep. you know what I mean. From a possibility of maybe I can go, maybe I can't go. But when you when your kids want to go. It seals the deal, so to say, if the financial backing's there. So the thing is, like, that show was good, but it didn't do anything as far as, you know, what the kids may be expecting. I mean, Joey Ryan and <laughs> his antics and all uh, all in obviously didn't help as well. Joey Ryan was on the second show. But, yeah, I was, I was expecting something that may lure the kids in, and I didn't see anything from it. So... It's not to knock the show from our standpoint as being knowledgeable, uh, knowledgeable fans, but knowledgeable in the professional wrestling, indie wrestling uh, career. Mm -hmm. it's just, when you look at the bigger picture, they did not provide the overall spectrum to how AEW is for everyone. Their mission statement, their mission statement out of their mouth, AEW is for everyone. And they did not deliver that. They have never even mentioned anything about kids at all. They've done everything. Good. You say good? good? Yeah, that's good. Not, that's Fuck not your good. kids. Don't that's watch it. It absolutely uh, is good. If you if you good. want a show, if you want a show that is for children, uh, cool. If you want a show that's you know not for children, cool. The show is the show. Watch it or don't. And it's, to say that they need to placate to certain audiences out of the bat, they haven't. They've just had. One show. They don't know who they are yet. Yeah, you know? no, you can't. You can't come out and say we're for everyone, but don't mean it. 
that's the problem. And we're, we're calling it out right now about the mishaps of things they've been saying, but they haven't, de- they, they haven't delivered on. Marcus said earlier, they came out saying, well, we're going to be more of a sports type of promotion. And in a, way they, in a way they have. I mean, did they specifically mention stats and have like yes. Amazon, you know, stat cast and stuff like that afterwards? <laughs> no. Did they have a, pro- a, a post, um, a show press conference in this, like that you would see similar to UFC yeah, or uh, New Japan? Yeah. Um, yeah, they yeah. they did have that, and that doesn't that's the thing that other wrestling companies don't do. Yeah. So I think in in the, in the first very first show, is it like AEWs for everyone, and they have like a, a section full of like you know uh, blind people and C and I dogs? Well, no, they didn't have that either. They didn't have like a section for the Amish people either. Um, you know, I mean, the, it, I think that they are more inclusive than you guys are giving them credit for, but also they don't have to. It, it, and again, this was a pay per view. I don't think, and Cody said it himself, that they're going to have 40-minute-long matches on TV. I don't think they're going to have buckets of blood and, and bad blade jobs on TV. <laughs> I think that they obviously you know, have to you know, placate the censors because, you know, TV. But they also have to tell a longer story over the course of a month instead of building it up in five-minute YouTube clips. It's a different dynamic for TV. I mean, they, so, they, they easily could just run their, their time slot at 9 o'clock to 11 and all the, what you're saying don't mean, mean the difference. I mean, they don't. Yeah, it, it makes a difference of a hundred thousand viewers because people go to sleep on the East Coast at ten o'clock. Yeah, and they, they are running yeah. the T show. Or, or they are running the show. That's and as true. As being on TMT, the bottom yeah. line is if they can average a million viewers, then they're the number one show on TNT outside of basketball. Yeah, that's true. But that also makes it like they care about those viewerships because if they did, then it would be more family friendly. So what? What do we actually talk about? They don't, they don't have to be family friendly. Is what I'm saying. They just have to get a million viewers. They have to set a precedent before they can they have to set a benchmark before they can break that benchmark. And I know that a lot of people are comparing it to the WWE and stuff like that and say, well, you there are no ratings to compare yet. But for TNT, which is like for cable, not the greatest of networks, they do okay. And luckily they have sports on there, which inflate their numbers a bit. But their average TV shows are barely breaking a million people. So if AEW can't do that, then they're not the number one show on TNT. They yeah. should, but the yeah. thing is, is that Lucha Underground, which if I had cable, I was a, it's a show that I'm interested in and would watch, but can't watch it. Netflix. Uh, that's a show that's not necessarily for kids, but it's a great show. And unfortunately, had other issues that you know hinders the show. Yeah, Netflix though, but yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I can't. I, I don't allow Netflix in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, luck, luckily, you know, uh, what they well, go ahead. You have you ever had a chance to talk? Go ahead. No, I would just quickly say, I, I think it's what's really interesting about this conversation right now, going back to the whole idea of a response and um, just the the backlash, uh, especially coming off of Raw on Monday about WWE's perceived lack of response um, <laughs> to AEW. Well, I mean, one, I think, answer to that is I, I don't know any businessman with reasonable intelligence who would dig into his bag of tricks before... <laughs> AEW even gets going with their weekly television show. Right. But if we think about just eliminating kids altogether, but if we think about audiences, right, um, I think a lot of people feel that uh, this past Raw was in many ways a train wreck, right? But I would imagine that there was some younger person who tuned into Raw, for example, during the Ricochet versus Cesaro match and especially if they have not seen those guys before and got hooked because of that match, right? And they could probably care less that 
Shane McMahon beat up Roman's cousin, right? <laughs> or that we had all these prolonged backstage segments. And I imagine at least for these next few months, that's what Vince and the creative team is banking on, right? They don't need to respond to AEW yet because there are people who are going to tune in and out, uh, particularly to Raw. SmackDown and the other shows I think are always solid, right? But with Raw, people are going to tune in, and if they see a match like that or Rollins versus Sami Zayn, right, they are going to come back next week because they want to see those guys again, right? When AEW gets rolling on a weekly basis and Vince can sort of gauge, all right, this is what they're about, now I can respond, I think then we'll have a clearer answer to that question. I you think know, that yeah. nailed it perfectly. I think that totally nailed it perfectly. What they what they have in their favor, what AEW has in their favor, is they have time to figure it out. They got till October or so when the TV show yep. starts up. So they got a few months here to sort out, okay, how are we going to be sports-centric? How can we incorporate stats into things, especially as we go on and have, you know, a few shows here where now we can say, well, on the first show, MJF, you know, didn't win the battle Royal, but on the second show, he won this match. And on the third show, we won this match, you know, mm-hmm. random th- stories that they can create as they get rolling here. I do think they have a bit of an identity crisis because they, they didn't follow through on the sports thing. They're, they're making these statements like it's for everyone, but we haven't released, we haven't seen the proof in the pudding yet. And then they have straight up contradictory statements like Cody Rhodes going on and saying that heels and faces are totally passe. And the first thing you see on Double or Nothing is two entranceways, one for the heels, one for the faces. So I think there's a, they need to sort some stuff out as far as what their message is, what their vision is, and get that really by the time October comes. That shouldn't be a question anymore. We should, by that first show, we should know exactly what they're trying to be. And that's, I think, what this summer is going to be about, is they got to get everything lined up. I mean, they should really have that all sorted out by All Out in September. Because that's going to be the next really, really big show for them. Let me be fair, really quickly, let me, like, let me counter Will and say that like, I do think that they've kind of touched on a lot of those things very subtly. Um, MJF, is polarizing, but you, some would say that he's a heel because he's a dick, and some would say that he's not a heel because he's an opportunist. Uh, when he um, eliminated uh, Glacier, well, Glacier's back was turned to him, so yeah, he dumped him. He eliminated uh, with a <laughs> Dustin Thomas, uh, who, uh, well, the dude doesn't have any legs, so yeah, I'm going to beat him up first. So you can, uh, it's subjective of whether or not he's a heel or a face. He's the closest but, thing to a heel in the company. He's the whole the closest thing to heel in North American wrestling. Yeah. However, <laughs> as, but, but, however, if you're going to look at it through that prism of heels versus faces, then he definitely falls on one side of the coin. But I could make a case that he's not necessarily a heel in that Mark Magneto isn't a heel. He's just a guy with a vision, and he's going to do it this way. And people, Thanos, I don't think Thanos is a heel. Because he has a vision and a retirement plan, and he's going to do it this way. So the, the long and short of it is, is that if you want to put those heel and face glasses on, um, then cool, that's what it's going to be. But I don't think that there's anyone in that battle royal or anyone in any match where you went, this is the person I like, this is the person that I don't like based on this promo package, backstage interview, Twitter, whatever, whatever. Um, there's, there's causation to like or dislike everyone. Um, so I think, and I think that's very different than the commentators telling you who to like. Well, look, here's my, here's my one that I want to talk about in the sports aspect. We're talking about Las Vegas, the fight capital of America. And when you want to talk about 
when an event is in Vegas? What is the it's rigged? What is the big besides that? What is the biggest thing that we always talk about of the conclusion of each event? Anybody have an idea? No clue. Vegas, I don't watch boxing in Vegas or just fighting Vegas, in general. Vegas. It's always Vegas. What is the biggest thing? You talking about money? How much money it made? How many pay per view sales did it do? This was a fifty dollar pay per view sale, which is like um, about twenty dollars less than UFC, about a hundred dollars less than the Mayweather fight. Have those numbers came out? I no. haven't heard anything about it. No, nothing. Interesting. I, I couldn't it's, imagine those numbers coming out, honestly. Oh, they come out the next day. Oh, that Sunday, they come out, no matter what it is. It could be a Timothy Bradley Pacquiao fight. Those numbers are coming out the next day. Danny Jacobs, um, Canelo Alvarez, no matter yeah, but to be fair, who they are but not, is it, Isn't that an HBO day. issue? Or is that a, like a pay-per-view it, thing? It is a pay-per-view thing. We, I, didn't, I already crossed platforms on the two of them. One is Showtime and one is HBO. So... Um, it does. It doesn't even matter. Pay per view is pay per view, and those numbers come out because um, if, it, if when it comes to Vegas, analytics is everything. And you could be damned if you didn't go into one of those Caesars hotels or M Life hotel and they ain't have some type of bets for double or nothing because Vegas is all about their money, and it's it's it is fitting for their names that of course they would have something. So when you just want to talk about what are those pay per view sales and then they come out, that is very suspect to me. Honestly, so then, what's a good number then? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a good number um, because literally, I think now you had more people that wanted to be a part of AEW wasn't going to pay for the pay-per-view. They was going to fly to Vegas and be there. Oh, well, well, once they sell out, they sell out. Right, but at the same and, time... And, and, and let's, let's be honest now. We know wrestling fans are cheap. We, yeah, we know exactly, it. Exactly. We know it. We know it. And that price point was definitely pushing people in the direction of yeah. do. We talked about that last week that how how many people were going to get pushed to find in the illegal links for the exactly. just because of that or price VPN. point when they saw fifty dollars and and we, uh, we had yeah or VPN in it which I will admit <laughs> I did I will I got no problem with that I was in the U, I was in the UK for the night and I paid twenty bucks because I wanted to make sure the stream worked and it worked great exactly. so I have no problem saying that but I mean but yeah and but I mean, there was a lot of people in the weeks leading up to the show going like it doesn't matter it's fifty dollars and I'm like I'm sorry the market has changed. It is a nine ninety five world now. It, yeah, it, it, and it, it doesn't is. matter if that's right or wrong. That's the reality of the situation now. And, 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 absolutely. And, and Jamal, to your question, what's a good number? I don't know because, as Will said, the market's changed. Because you know one of the other really controversial things when it comes to pay-per-view sales? It's what UFC is doing. In order to buy a pay-per-view from UFC, not only do you have to have the ESPN Plus app, you, which you have to pay a monthly service for, then you have to buy the pay per view after that. So it's Correct. like a double down on it. And it's just Correct. like, well, what are you calculating here? Just the description plus it, or just the script, or just the pay per view buy? And those numbers don't even come out accessibly as they used to. So, like, it is really different. However, no number is a, is a, is, is, is one of those like, like mind scratches. Like, what's happening? I mean, Jamal, you know, you're a movie critic in your own. If, if Rotten Tomatoes don't come out with a with any type of score by a point, and you've already seen the movie a week or something, Rotten Tomatoes is, is a flawed system. For sure, for sure. I got my problems there, no doubt. But if they don't report anything, there's something happening behind the scenes where they do not want it released. If you've well, seen I mean, the movie about to be, to be a fair, before. 
if you're looking at Rotten Tomatoes as your, uh, you know, barometer of what's good and bad, then throw your whole weather vane at the track. I mean, you really don't have any um, options. There's no competitive. You, you do, no competitive because you get the official numbers from Exhibitor. They come out with the, um, with the buy rate. With, not the buy rate, but they come out with the numbers for movie theaters. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it sucks. Um, so, the, yeah, don't do that. With that said, as far as the pay-per-view buy rate, which I think is interesting, uh, do we give them a pass if the number isn't? Great, yeah. Because I mean, because a, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. B, VPNs. Uh, C, <laughs> it was on Facebook. Let, let me let's be honest. Um, if if you didn't, you know, if you weren't savvy enough or didn't want to pay at all, you know, somebody had they had the GoPro pointed at, at their TV on yep. Facebook. <laughs> no exactly. doubt. Hey, name, name drop some people real quick since you feel no, 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 we, we ain't doing that. We, we ain't doing that. But y'all know who y'all are. I, 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 I would, I would look at it like this to wrap it up. To wrap, to wrap up the all the, the double all the double or nothing. Yeah, right. yeah. Let's move as far, on. As far as a number goes, my thinking would be this, and we never got this number either. Did it beat all in? If it beat all in, that's a good number in my mind. And I think there's a good chance thing. it did. If if we never if heard what did, all in did either. If if we if it did, we would know because they're all about accolades. When they talk about high fans tickets sold, they were right up on it. And if it did, oh, yeah. be if it's right a good number, you're it. gonna scream it from the mountain. Yeah, you, exactly. you're damn right. There's no reason why they would be hiding something if unless it wasn't good. And of course, wrestling fans ain't gonna think about that because again, you know, it's it's a one it's a one track, one minded thing. It happened, I'm a mark, and so be it. And matter of fact, I want to give a shout out to anybody who wore a white shirt at Double or Nothing because it was a it was a sea of black shirts the entire time. All those Double or Nothing, Young Bucks, Bullet Club shirts in there. If you actually had the audacity to wear some a white shirt, that means you were on a on a limb to, to have your own identity. It literally was a swamp of just all black shirt. And I'm, I like to I like to. I like to uh, slander that as being just nothing but the all elite being elite marks. Um, but, but anyway, moving on. Okay, fine. Conclusion. Oh, for, oh, before we get to that, did y'all have any problems with the booking for the night? Quickly. For me, it was just too early to tell. You just did it for a showcase because it's still like their first show. So it, I, I really don't have any like positives or negatives it was like it is what it is and let's go where where see where it goes from there okay anybody uh, else short yeah, answers yeah. short answers yes um as much as i like the show and they did have some surprises and i think that in this social media uh 24 hour media cycle led day and age that we live in the fact that they come out come out with some legit surprises was a good thing uh the biggest problem that i have was nyla rose got the short end of the stick as yeah. much of a surprise as it is for Awesome Kong to come out and be awesome, she really didn't add anything to the match. She really she wasn't a threat the in the match. Uh, what? She kind of hurt the match, in my opinion. I mean, it was good to see her, but she kind of hurt the match, in my opinion. She, she well, immediately, in hindsight, in hindsight, she immediately she overshadowed Nyla Rose. Yeah, right. and that, yeah. that's the biggest you know. problem because they've been building Nyla Rose up as this you know, she-beast. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately, there are some so-called fans that took that in a very hateful direction. So fuck you guys. She's a woman. Deal with it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, by, by the so, way, I'm just going to plug this in while you're talking about that. Nala Rose, we're going to get her on the show soon. That's that's a DMV native. That's the homie. Right. We're, we're, we're going to make sure we, that we need to, We need to sit down at like Florida Avenue Grill and, and like and over like a bucket of chicken wings and um, <laughs> nah, and even, just... even, 
even even better. We're going to get her. Yeah, we're definitely going to get her in person. I know she wants to come see what primetime wrestling is doing here in D.C. She's DC D.C. native. So let's, just, just stay tuned. That We got something working up for that. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. OK, but but to the point, though, it's um, it's good. As good as it was to see Awesome Kong uh, when Excalibur and I'm pretty sure it was Excalibur that said it. Um, now Nyla Rose looks like a cruiserweight. <laughs> that took all of her momentum and yep. pushed it right out the door yep. and out of the building into the Las yep. Vegas desert somewhere. Yeah, yep. for and sure. And it's really unfortunate because now she kind of has to start over if they're going to go that way with her, with Awesome Kong in the building, or have them feud because we don't know what Kong's uh, you know, relationship with AEW is either. Yeah, we. we I do. hope she stays, but realistically, yeah. if she doesn't, then what? Yeah, to that point, too, good to see her back in the ring. Um, good to see that the glow and the Netflix money obviously let her to get back in the ring. Um, we did not see an official announcement as her being assigned because anybody, even the people in the Battle Royal that were in it, that you could assume that was signed, was not signed unless they officially say they're signed. We did not right. get that announcement that she signed, so we don't know. But does it, it, is, it is the indie wrestling nightmare for me. You do not bring in talent to let them go over your homegrown base talent. And that's exactly what they did on all levels. The camera views played to also come being bigger, stronger, more of a threat. The commentary did it. So, and, and then ultimately the threat that she posed in the match did it. You hurt your homegrown talent that was so that's going to be based uh, built up and that's a really good point that you brought there. And well, I, mean, I, I don't, I don't think it's like she heard it like that. I just think that if, like, if it wasn't Awesome Kong specifically, and if it was Beth Phoenix or somebody else that doesn't work in the WWE but it has like a name, if it were, you know, a smaller person like a Gail Kim but still has that name or Mickey James, then it would still be like, oh, that's Mickey James. Let's see how this plays out. But because it's Awesome Kong. Yeah, and yeah. because she, you know, can bite through a parking meter and flip a U-Haul truck, and, you know, with no problem, um, it's like, oh, where her standing next to Nala Rose, a should have been more impactful, um, and B should have factored into the finish a little bit more. But I saw what they did there, and I liked it, and I obviously got them out of the way for um, the the finish with Britt Baker and Callie Ray. Yeah, but it's unfortunate because she really kind of got the wind taken out of her sails yeah. as soon as she came out. One thing that we also don't need, I do not need Brandy Rhodes to be the black Stephanie McMahon. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes, I, I text Will, Will and said that. Yep, 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 yep. So she um, didn't invent wrestling, right? No, well, she didn't. Stephanie McMahon invented wrestling in 2004. Well, she, she didn't invent AEW. I would yeah, say. good. This, yeah, I, I said I text that to Will. Um, I want to move on a little bit. Anybody else got anything to say about the booking real quick? No. I'm good. I think we, we got the main stuff. Okay, cool. Let's talk about John Mosley. John yes. Mosley, Dean Ambrose, whatever you want to call him, ended the show, makes his appearance, and it happened. Um, I don't think we have much to talk about the end of it, but he's there. He's signed with AEW. Um, I guess we all seen this coming. I mean, we talked about it religiously on this show. We thought maybe he may take a break, but we knew for sure WWE leaving after a point was a, was a strong possibility because what else could he do there? He done accomplished all. And we know his work in CCW and his style of work and how it's been washed down at times. And even at points, we kind of look at him and we say, like, this isn't a person that we feel ultimately got him to the point. I mean, Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen, you still see a lot of who he is 
in the ring, but Dean Ambrose, John Mosley, we don't see it. And even the heel turn tragically went bad. Tragically. Did not work. Didn't stick. No one liked it. It was bad. Even when we got Dean Ambrose versus Brock Lesnar in, in the street fight, absolutely. Oh, that was terrible. I mean, I, I, I didn't know who the guy was. You know, seeing him, you know, seeing him up in uh, Pennsylvania CCW and seeing that in the street fight and you just don't know. Anyway, he appeared at the main event of AEW, Jericho and Kenny Omega. He made a statement. It happened. Uh, we've seen the behind-the-scenes stuff with him, preparing for it. He comes out the crowd, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think there's nothing else to talk about on that note. I think we have to move forward to what happened as of, what, yesterday or today? Forget. Yeah, it was yesterday. yesterday. Yesterday was the podcast. Okay, yep. cool. And... Yep. Um, was that podcast? No, it wasn't live. It was a podcast because no, I mean, they, they, ta- they taped it before. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they openly said they yeah. taped it before. Yeah, yeah. Because we're, we're, we're not live. Yeah, yeah. We're not live. We're only live when we do interviews. So this is pre-recorded. Just so guys, let you know. And we get it out Thursday night because I, you know, once I get it done, to start typing and getting all the stuff done. Can I give me some claps or some kudos for the work Woo-hoo. I do? Okay, cool. <laughs> that worked. That worked. No, I'm like I'm like that cat meme when when I'm ready to get it out, go blah 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 and get it out. So that's anyway. What happens is that that was pre-recorded and man, first of all, internet marks that's saying that this is the CM Punk 2.0 pipe bomb. Wrong, 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 wrong. Because that's pent up aggression. This is a lot. At least for me, this is a lot of what we know now, uh, Marcus. Them. I'm glad to have you back on the show. We talked a lot about it essentially through chat. I'm going to turn it over to you right now because I initially want to know your thoughts, reflections, and, and a lot of the stuff we already talked about. I want you to lay it down on the podcast right now. What is your thoughts? After we got that whole Dean Ambrose spill on the Chris Jericho's Talk is Jericho podcast. Well, I'll just quickly say that um, I initially was not interested in listening to it because True. I, like many fans was concerned that this would be uh, yet another, maybe not CM Punk-like, I just left WWE podcast, but something along the lines of um, a, you know, hour to an hour and a half burial, which I've seen that movie before, right? Hmm. But um, I did uh, go back and listen to it after seeing some comments on Twitter just to kind of get my own feel of it, and... uh, First of all, I'm happy that he seems to be in a better place, right? Um, to hear that he was borderline depressed um, toward the end of his run in WWE, that was concerning, right? But um, now that he feels that he's in a place where he can exercise his creative freedom, that's great, right? Um, more power to him. One thing I will be looking to see is uh, what that creative freedom translates to in the ring um, because it's one thing to have your character micromanaged uh, or hindered by Vince McMahon but um, and I could be in the minority on this but Dean Ambrose was there was nothing really sort of groundbreaking about him when it came to in-ring work um, yes he was entertaining um, Yes, you could count on him to put on a pretty good show, but in terms of in the ring, I can't think of anything in the last X number of years I've seen him on weekly TV that sort of stood out to me in terms of the wrestling aspect. And if we're going to AEW, which is about sports and wrestling purportedly, 
um, then I'm curious to know what that's going to contract or what that's going to translate to now that he has creative freedom. Uh, something that Two Chains and I were also talking about was Renee Young. I think that's what you were gesturing mm-hmm. toward, Two Chains, right? And where this leaves her, uh, which I think is an interesting question. My sense is that Renee Young is, um, while she's been criticized more than enough by fans for her commentary, I think within the WWE, she seems to be well liked. She seems to be popular backstage. Uh, I can't imagine that there would be any real backlash toward her. But you have to think she's being put in an uncomfortable position now, right? Um, Not necessarily by Vince or anyone, but I can't imagine how many people have probably reached out to her on social media um, and and saying, oh, what are you going to do now, right? Or you should go to AEW with your husband as though she can't independently work, right? Hmm. Um, and, And so... Uh, I think she's in an interesting position now, and I wouldn't be shocked if she didn't hang around for more than maybe a a couple more years, not because, you know, anyone is coming down on her in WWE, but, I mean, how long can you deal with discomfort like that? Yeah, I mean, my thing with Renee Young is, um, I think we've been pretty vocal here at the Big Old Belt Podcast about our displeasure of her losing uh, Talking Smack which is the talk show after um, Smackdown. Smackdown Live that was what that that she had, which was good. It, 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 it was it was something that we felt because of Smackdown's limitations of time on USA Network that it kind of helped and build on storyline. I mean, hell, it gave us Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. It really did because we didn't get that on TV because The Miz, because uh, Daniel Bryan was hurt. So it was something. It got canceled and we were like, wow. Then Promotion. She ended up getting to be a full time commentary on the Raw. Very good for her. And let it not be twisted. Again, something we've been very adamant about here is the the um the Fox deal and how we would like to see more talk shows. Which Triple H says that we will be getting stuff like that. Renee Young is your person. So when you want to talk about the fact of like, not only can she just become a good commentary, a good backstage um, correspondent. Will she get bigger and better and beyond and more opportunities from this deal? Absolutely. Because when you look at the other people who's been in this position, I think Charlie Caruso, is she, is she the other one that got the ESPN deal? I can't, I can't remember. Someone else has the ESPN deal. I, and think, the they had, I think they had an interest in her, just like they, no, have an but, interest, they had an interest in Renee Young. There is someone that is signed to ESPN that's doing both. I and think, think, I think about, it is her. Yeah, okay. So when you think about Renee Young, who I think is the, the, maybe the most fitting um, as far as uh, recognition. She has, she's been on E with uh, Total Divas and her experience and so forth. Devil Enough is not going to provide that for her. And, and I think that you know the opportunities of being with WWE is only going to more flourish her career. She's not Dean Ambrose who's done it all in the ring. She's the person that's getting her opportunities. She's entry level and a raise to ultimately a full-time position and then, you know, a promotion. She's she's going through the ropes right now. And that's all. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We, we, yeah, it's we, it's we, Somalian internet. <laughs> <laughs> He's still showing up on the bottom of the screen there. <clears throat> yeah. I, 
I, I will jump in while we're waiting to see if, if the jeer pops back in here. If we get two chains back, I'll, I'll give my, my thoughts on, on the John Moxley uh, podcast deal. Um, I definitely had the same fear that it was going to be a whole nother CM Punk deal where it was just going to be less trash WWE and just talk about how horrible it is and what a miserable experience I had and grind my axe for an hour and a half while I'm on here talking to Chris Jericho. And he even kind of teased that at the beginning when he was like, we're a trash place for the next two hours. Um, <laughs> thankfully, it wasn't that, which was so refreshing. And the biggest pluses I can give to that darn uh, interview is Moxley came across so great as far as he was appreciative of what he got at WWE. He was appreciative of his time there. He made it very clear that he is in a position where he's paid off his house. He's paid off his mom's house. He's set financially. And he made it very clear that he's in a position now where he can care about his creative now because he doesn't have to worry about money. And he's only in that position because of this WWE run. He really sounded like his head was in the right place where, yes, now it's all about the creative for him. And that was really his only big issue there was how his creative was being handled. But it could have that podcast could have been a complete mess. It could have been CM Punk all over again, where it's just I'm going to be miserable the whole time. And it wasn't. And he, he played that, I think, perfectly, because if this doesn't work out, if AEW, say, is gone in three years, he can totally go back. He absolutely can go back. He didn't burn any bridges. He left the right way. I, 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 I'm very excited to see what the future holds for John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose. Let me, let me put this question on it. So let me take you guys back a little bit. So when Dean Ambrose won his first WWE championship, granted you were probably saying his late 20s at the time. Maybe it was about four or five years ago, right? And right after he won his first WWE championship, he had a podcast. And on that podcast, it's Steve like Austin was, podcast. Yes, yes, he was humbled in a way because it seemed like he didn't take his championship reign or his top, top, um, you know, his top moment, you know, too seriously. So the reason why I want to ask is, do you think this was like a reflection period but that maybe when he had his time on top that he wanted to make sure he you know, fixed his fixed his uh, scenario the next time he was going on AEW because he kind of got humbled in a way and wish he had a more of a um, bigger opportunity to do what he needs to do to a- appreciate or know what it means to be a top person. Or, I mean, to me, because that was my thought going in because it's like I know he had this moment where he had the top person, but I just don't think he appreciated enough. And then when he didn't get his opportunity again, he really wished he could have got it but didn't get it because he messed it up the first time. Would you guys agree with that? I could I could see some of that. I could definitely see that he uh that Stone Cold podcast, he very much seemed like he was kind of like petrified to be on there and not like, right. you know, say the wrong thing or or ruffle any feathers or anything like that. And I mean, hell, at the end of it Stone Cold pretty much called him out on it. It was just right. like you're you're not uh taking your shot, you're not shooting your shot here, man, you know. And the difference obviously between that and now would be the handcuffs are off. He's starting in a new company, and I'm sure it's been made pretty clear that he can he wants to do what he's looking to do. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure 
what's going to happen with all that. But I definitely think he, I definitely think he went into that interview with Jericho with the idea that he could totally speak his mind. And I think he was just looking not to burn any bridges while he was doing it. Now, I also think that Dean Ambrose may be uh, a more private person than uh, we want we want to believe. Uh, and maybe on the Stone Cold podcast, he was kind of put up uh, on the spot as as he described. That's how a lot of it went in, in WWE as far as, hey, you're going to do this. But I don't Nope, You're going to. And, I, and to be fair, it wasn't that he seemed arrogant or anything like that on the Stone Cold podcast. It's that on the Jericho podcast, he actually had a story to tell. And you can hear between him and Jericho going back and forth that it was like, you're just two guys that, that worked in a job that maybe one guy moved to another office and the other guy moved to a different department or whatever. And it was still, they understood each other. And that's kind of what it was. And I think uh, for me, the biggest thing about the podcast was um, it, it made him as a person so much likable in that I don't really care about Dean Ambrose as a wrestler. You know, he didn't really do it for me. Uh, they kind of like built him as uh, Cactus Jack, you know, with a little bit like less redneck in him. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine, I guess. And then he went on into the Shield and never really a fan of the Shield. But I think this is probably the most interesting thing that he's done for me as a person. And I, and I want to root for him, not because of the fact that he's suddenly emancipated. He's suddenly just, you know, well, okay, well, now that you've been given the the, uh, the toolkit, you have all your crayons in your big 64 crayon box. Let's see what you do with it. And I think for the first time uh, at Double or Nothing, we got to see a little bit of that. You know, we got to see um, a little bit of what that character means. And in that uh, YouTube uh, promo that he cut, which was very compelling, yeah. um, arguably the most compelling thing that he's done this year, um, since like the Shield versus the Wyatt family, honestly, um, it's kind of like, okay, now I'm interested. Not in a, oh, hell's bells, he's kind of crazy kind of way, but more in a, in a, you know, 2019 Stone Cold kind of a way where I want to root for this guy because it's like office space, you know, where it's like, oh yeah, this shit is crazy, and we need to root for these characters because they're going to make it through, so... I'm actually rooting for him in a way that I never thought that I would because he never did it for me in WWE. But the way he described that situation, I can understand why it didn't work for me. Well, my my one thing I don't think we've we've mentioned so far is that yeah, he's he's AEW or he's worked at AEW. He's now officially signed or whatever it may be. I don't I don't think we have a a clear, concise answer of his contractual situation. No, he's signed. He's signed. He's signed to a multi-year mm-hmm. deal. Okay, yeah. so he and yeah, I, and I, I saw I saw rumors saying he's going to be part of like the big, I don't know five or whatever they're going to be, whatever, whatever. My thing he's, is he's that, a mainstay, but he's also allowed to work international dates, so he's going yeah. to Japan he's at the end of the month. Right, right, right. That's, yeah. that's, that's I'm getting at. I'm yeah. getting at that. So my my point is that do you guys? And again, this is something we've been very adamant about here too. Um, when we talked about um, Drew McIntyre or um, Cody Rose back in the day. I mean, that recipe, that blueprint has really proven to be successful for people. He's done everything in WWE. He felt stale. Was this the answer here? Did he say, I need to get back on the indies to re-event myself to, a, to, to be part of the upper echelon? I mean, 
Well, he right. said specifically on the on the podcast that he was done, that he was going through a physical and psychological change to his work, um, yeah. and like the um, uh, I don't know one one of the government health organizations that came out recently, like this week, and said that like a medical definition for being burned out is an actual psychological disorder now, and I think that that's kind of the the thing that we he, that he vocalized, and if you extrapolate that amongst other disgruntled. Uh, for lack of a better word, talent, we can start to see the same symptoms in a Luke Harper, in a Sasha Banks, you know, and a couple other people that were like, nope, done with this. Let's do something else. Yeah. So I, I don't think it was a matter of him uh, working the indies to get back to what he what he liked doing. He would have worked the Trader Joe's if there were no other wrestling company in the world, mm -hmm. but he needed to, his time at WWE was done yeah. uh, for reasons to explain on the podcast. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I I mean, you know, it's 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 I am definitely a big advocate for uh doing what you feel is best for yourself. Um and I, I think Will and yourself has been very clear about the fact that there's nothing left in WWE. Um NXT would have been interesting because he would have just swept through there. Um, but there's a whole lot of new talent there. We could have definitely seen some matches I would have loved to see. I don't think I've ever seen Dean Ambrose and Shane Strickland wrestle. I could imagine that can be good. Um, I believe we did get Joe Janela and um, Dean Ambrose in the past, but uh, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, um, I think that could be interesting. So, you know, it, it, it's it's good to see a man that's going out there because of something he wanted to do. Instead of what a lot of the internet marks were saying, that he was tired of wrestling, he was done, he was going to take a break, he was never going to come back and do it again, whatever it may be, and the Dave Meltzer uh, kids of the world. Um, so... It, it, it's cool, but yeah, I, I, the the question I want to ask you guys is that everyone talked about the big signees for AW was John Moxley the one to get them over the hump to say no. like you guys are legitimate signing people now. No, not in my opinion either. No, Far no. I, I think it's collective. I think if you one part isn't bigger than the sum, because there are going to be some people that go. Well, I don't like Dean Ambrose. Why would I like him now? There's some people yeah. that goes, well, I don't know who he is, but I know that I like Chris Jericho. And there are yeah. going to be some you know, people that goes, I've never heard of uh, Kenny Omega, but uh, I'm a Final Fantasy fan, so okay, I'm interested. <laughs> there are going to be some people that go, well, Jim Ross is 100% better calling AEW pay-per-view than he was calling the New Japan no, stuff. No, no one's going to say that. <laughs> no one's going to say that. But yeah, I'll be the first one to say that. Honestly, <laughs> um, honestly, if I would make a comparison, I would say this sign into AEW was like Christian going to TNA. Ooh. <laughs> but honestly, I, it was good for Christian. He became a top I think that, on that is promotion, perfect. But that's what it was for AEW for me. Oh, that is that is hands on right there. When, when the TV show comes in the fall, I mean, the biggest names they'll have, they'll be known to people who like are WWE fans, will be Jericho and it'll be Ambrose. Yeah. If you don't know any of the being the elite people, that's going to be the two names they can hang their hat on as far as like more mainstream known names. Yeah. At least Ambrose has going for him that he's not 47 like Chris Jericho. So yeah. he, he, he's, yeah. he's got that going and he'll, he'll obviously appeal to the younger fans that have only been watching like in the last decade that just know that, you know, they're really the big, the folks are all about the shield. So it, it for that, it's great. For that, I think it's great, and it's it. it for, I give. I think it's good that he made the move. Yeah. He, he yeah. made it clear. 
financially he's taken care of. He's looking to he wants the creative fulfillment. Great, good for him. Because hell, the flip side of Dean Ambrose is in WWE right now, and it's Dolph Ziggler who wants to bitch and who wants to bitch and moan and complain, <laughs> but he ain't leaving and he ain't going nowhere because he'll just collect his check. All so right, there you so, go. There's so, the there's the flip side of the coin. Dean so, actually made the jump and left. So Dean, if anybody Dolph's had time and time to do it and never does it. If anybody doesn't know, Will doesn't like to talk sick. I had to get my shot in while I could. <laughs> I mean, this is a true statement, but damn, if you don't like that, dude. Um, um, damn, did we did, did we cover everything about Dean Ambrose? I, I mean, this is a really good discussion. I'm looking at the time, so I want to make sure we're around time. Did we really hit the point? For the most part, is there anything we're missing? I, fellas, I mean, fellas. for the most part, it's really going to come down to you know what happens June 29th because I think he. Takes on Joey Janela in his next uh, yeah. first official match. And then he got Darby Allen. He got some hell of a oh, match. Next, next weekend, he's going to take on Juice Robinson in New Japan. So that's going to be the first. That's going to be the first match he has. Yeah. Well, so, we know he's not winning that match if it's a title match because New Japan said they are not interested in a partnership. So that is something he's worked out beforehand, and they had to honor it. Hell, when you are the dealer, as um, as uh, Nick Aldis like to say, you call the shots. So Dean Ambrose is doing that, and good for him. Good for him because you're not gonna you're not going to let a contract dictate your freedom. And I need, I feel like they value him as a big name, and he's just like here trying to do his thing. Um, fellas, anybody, please get in there. If there's anything else you want to say about Dean Ambrose right now, please get in there. Well, okay, I, I'll say this. Uh, you know, one last thing. Uh, now that it, now that it is. And it's time to show and prove. Talk. You bring it. Yeah. That, yep. That's really that's all he has to do now is just bring it. Hey, yeah. It, it's do or die time for him. This is it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's nothing more for him to do. So hey, but- now I guess the question now becomes if Dean Am- because like Cody Rhodes set a, a different path to leave the WWE, and granted Cody Rhodes was a bigger star than a lot of people that won out currently are, maybe except for Sasha Banks. Um, I cannot believe realistically if Dean Ambrose leaves and the way that he left in that they did everything they could to keep him it didn't work he just waited his contract out and then left versus taking his 90 day sabbatical do you think that sets a precedent or people that want to leave WWE I think well, let me ask this question let me, and I agree with you Dr. M absolutely but let me ask this would that hurt their pockets, though, if they say, oh, I'm just taking this because I'm not going to come back? Or well, is WWE going to pull something the difference? Like they did with the revival? What's the difference? 90 days is 90 days. You either do it on TV or you do it at home. <laughs> well, 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 that's true. But then sometimes, like, for example, it seemed like in WWE's case, they did this for Dean Ambrose like they did a revival. They offered him more, more money. But for some people like the revival, do you look at that money and be like, wow. Revival is you know, but you, you compare Dean Ambrose to the revival, and you know that's not a fair comparison. Yeah, is it? revival wasn't easy. No, no, De- Dean Ambrose is like revival no matter, ain't made the money Dean Ambrose has made. Yeah, or the accolades in, in right. In regard the, to the revival got a bag of oranges and a bus pass. Dean Ambrose is looking had a pay per view <laughs> on the network. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's not even let's not even compare yeah. the two. I mean, as much Dean as I Ambrose, love both Dean, of them, I mean, I mean, like he said, I mean, he had like an eight what eight nine year run there. He's paid off his house and his mom's house. He, he I'm sure he is sitting on a very big nest egg. He is in a he's perfectly fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With with merch and royalties and all of that stuff that comes with it. 
Yeah. yeah. So exactly. I mean, Dean Ambrose, he did, he's done a couple movies for them. He's done like yeah. And then the rock compared to the revival, whose best work was in NXT. Yeah. So that's not fair. I think that the uh, the the choices that could have been made are not compar- comparable. Yeah. Um, between the two, but ultimately, I think if you are looking to leave, if you are a person that's like a Tyler Breeze in EC3, maybe the Revival, even though they resigned, maybe a, a, a Sami Zayn, just somebody that's chronically misused, because I don't want to say like underused, but misused. Is this the way to do it and just say, no. my contract's up, I'm out, or do you do a look Harper and go, so... I don't want to work for you anymore. Yeah, <laughs> six more months. I, Deal with it. I, I, I think it's the precedent's really been set that between what we've seen them do with Daniel Bryan over the years and everything, it's like you better just do your business, honor your contract, leave on as good a terms as possible, leave that door open, and when your time's up, your time's up, and then hey, see what kind of deal you can get. You know, that's the other. That's the other thing we got to take into account here. All these people that want to leave, if they do get out, eventually you're going to reach the point where AEW is going to be like, hey, we can't keep taking everybody that wants to leave. Eventually, the gravy train is going to run out if AEW is still here a couple years down the road. So it's, it's, that's a whole other factor. But my, my advice to anyone would be d- d- finish your deal, honor your contract. Then when the time's up, see what you can get. Yep. See what's up. You know. I, I agree. I mean, anybody else got anything to say, say to that? Ad? We want some thoughts, you guys. You all are brilliant, intelligent men, and you also quiet, and you're killing me because I know you got something to say, and I want to hear it as a fan of you guys. You know. No more Dean Ambrose. We hit on a lot of the, the. I think we hit on a lot of the big news this week. I, I just will just add that uh, what a week. Vince McMahon. Granted, I mean, he's in his 70s. He um, has probably been criticized heavily on a daily basis for many a decade now. But Mm -hmm. uh, between having Dean Ambrose uh, talk about his creative approach this week, uh, between his regular Monday night, Tuesday morning bashing of people upset with Raw... You know, who knows what he's dealing with with the Sasha Banks situation, right, with uh, other disgruntled people. Uh, People are, of course, uh, complaining about the upcoming Saudi Arabia show, right? Um, He's he's weathering a lot right now, and, I mean, he's the head of the company, so, you know, he has to weather it whether he wants to or not. But uh, I can't help but think also about, like, the people in NXT right now who are regularly putting on excellent shows, um, there seems to always be this discussion of morale. Like, they need to fix morale in the WWE, right? Um, well, some people are thriving quite nicely in WWE uh, or and or in NXT these days. And the issue of morale, I don't know if it's so much in the locker room, but, I mean, can you imagine being a superstar and turning on Twitter or any social media? And, like, I, I can only think, what did Cesaro and Ricochet think? last Monday after putting on an excellent match and then turning on Twitter and seeing Rob just being bashed to, to the pits of hell, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, what does that do for a superstar? And so I think this is a really interesting time in wrestling. 
Um, I think if somebody is probably already writing a book about wrestling fans <laughs> and kind of what they <laughs> what they are sort of contributing to this whole situation, uh, and I'm just be curious to see how this all unfolds going forward. You know, I don't think it's any different than any other sport, though. I, I think that it's no different than if you're an all star on a bad team, then what do you do? You're not winning the championship, but you made your signing bonuses. I think you just got to take the good with the bad. Name a person. Put, put Bryce Harper. <laughs> Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker. And they just hosted the All Star in Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but no, but I mean, if you, are, if you are that person that's a good player on a bad team, as much as you want to win, and baseball does this all the time, where like they'll sit a pitcher who's having a great season, who's doing all these things, but the playoffs coming, and we, gotta, we need that arm. So he's going to sit in all of September. So if you are Ricochet versus Cesaro, who had the best match on Raw of the three matches that they have in a four-hour-long show, um, it's kind of like, well, that's just another one for the paycheck. Yep. And it's kind of like, hey, what, do you, what do you do? Because they're not in any position to make a push. That They're still in the middle of a program. So I think the big thing is, and everybody and their mother wants WWE to respond with like the hammer, and we're going to bring back The Undertaker, and we're going to have a no-ropes match, and then we're going to do all these things, and then they didn't really do anything, and rightfully so. It's kind of like, what do you, you, know, what do you want? You know, if, and that's, we, we've seen this happen before. Eminem and MGK went through this a couple months ago, where it's like... <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, if Eminem comes out there and just slaughters MGK every time he mentions him, then it's like, you're, you're bigging this guy up for no reason. And, and considering that AEW literally had one show, why should WWE even give a good goddamn what they yeah, do? Yeah, look, that's the point I was going to make earlier. Look, Giants, they're not going to move to Ants, point blank. I don't care. I don't give a hell who's on that AEW roster. When you already established, you aren't going to be threatened by an ant, a new entity of any sort, no matter what. You move the way you're going to move. Even see it in all sports. There's always going to be that token person that's always won championships for years. We're talking about the Lakers, the Boston Celtics, the Warriors now. They ain't going to sit here and say, well, Zion Wilson, he's going to the Pelicans. We need to worry. That guy's going to be the next LeBron. We know who LeBron is. Oh, what are we going to do? They don't give a hell. They're not going to care. The Pelicans are going to have to win 60 games for the for the Warriors to start saying, well, you know, maybe. So, yeah, WWE and all the fans out there, for the, like, what are they going to do on Raw? I can't believe people turned into Raw saying, what are they going to do? But also, a lot of people say they want to turn to Raw, and Raw recorded the second lowest <laughs> ratings of the entire year. So it's a lot of internet talk going on for no reason. But look, I'm going to wrap this show up right now because, I mean, we literally we're going to talk about a lot, a lot of this all the time. May, some of this may end up on the Flaming Hot Topic series. Because... Okay, so like, there's two things that I want to get through really quickly. Yo, I got um, you. I got you. I, get, I give you a second. I give you a second. Okay. Um, something else I was going to mention, too. What else did you bring up? Oh, yeah, and all the people complaining about the matches on Raw. Y'all just complaining to just be complaining because 205 Live now, if you're not watching, has been weekly putting on some good wrestling and no one's talking about that. So if you want to talk about clap, like really hardcore wrestling, watch that. If you can't complain about all the, the antics and everything that's going on on Raw, watch 205 Live. If you don't like just watch wrestling, then watch SmackDown, Raw, whatever it may be. Like People are just complaining to just be complaining. AW. Good luck. They still got a lot to work on, but there's no compar comparison here as them being able to raid to fight the giant 
and WWE on their main roster. NXT, yeah, yeah, right. That NXT roster, I don't know if you guys was watching the Performance Center combine, but there's some pure athletes in that, in that, in that, uh, and they didn't even show the UK NXT brand. And there's there's way too much talent that NXT, I mean, AEW can't even compete with on paper from what we know from on the indies and other people that we know basically by the athleticism that the potential, what they're going to do. It's just not up to par. It's no comparison. Just like wrestling, if you like wrestling, period, period. It shouldn't be a war. I don't even understand why people want to make a war. And not even just that. I don't understand why people want to side with uh, different promotions as if that's going to gain some leverage on things. Like, I literally saw people saying, like, this is how Vince is going to respond to AEW after after uh, Double or Nothing with this episode of Raw. Like, really? And on top of that, Vince don't give a hell because the only thing the only thing he care about and the only phone he's picking up is when the Saudi Arabians are calling him saying, yeah, that money's being wired right now. How much was it again? Okay, we're just going to double that because we're just feeling froggy. Oh, we'll see you guys next Friday, point blank. And then once is that once that stock is hitting up, they don't give a hell about no AEW, Impact, Dixie Carter, Hootie and the Blowfish, always <laughs> anything. They don't care about none of that. It's, it doesn't matter. It's it once once the checks are cash, that's it. So like let's just be realistic, people. Like the people that's out there is listening, stop comparing. Just watch what you want to watch. Period. Well, Period. I think people are passionately lazy. In that they are fans and they want what they want and they're passionate and they want to take to Twitter and they want to get a change.org position. But then when somebody says, we'll literally watch anything else instead of bitch about the thing that you want to watch. Well, I don't want to do that because maybe they should just be better for me. <laughs> what? Wait, mm-hmm. what? I mean, like between Twitch and Powerbomb and Fight Network in Canada and, you know, the world of sport in England. And MCW in Australia, there is just a ton of wrestling to watch live, tape delayed, uh, you know, on the moon. But Raw still sucks, though. Okay, well, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Whose problem is that? I mean, you're not wrong, but but, but goddamn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Anybody, before Jamal closes up with his thoughts or anything else, please get in there because this was a good show. I'm glad to have everybody back. Um, and not just the distant announcement too. Um, yeah, hopefully I think we're gonna have the cast of us going moving forward. We got a lot of things coming up, so you make sure y'all stay tuned because we we're definitely gonna be banging out a lot more material now that we got the full team. Um, so uh, yeah. Anybody else got anything they want to say real quick about AW Dean Ambrose? Anything else? Any rumors? I don't know. Jim Cornette? I don't. I don't know. Dave Meltzer? Anything? Maurice Jericho? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Jim Cornette in 2019, my God, <laughs> he, he's still doing his thing. He got nah, nah, nah. Hey, he he loved the Cody and Dustin match. He didn't like much of the rest of the show, but he loved Cody and Dustin. Also, <laughs> also, I thought Dustin should win that, but no, sorry, later. Anyway, Jamal, go ahead. Hey, <laughs> um, okay, so uh, takeover media call happened, and um. So the the only point that's really interesting to me is the possibility about NXT being used by Fox. That's that may be the biggest threat to whatever AEW starts to muster. If they put NXT on on Fox Sports or or on FX or one of the other Fox networks that they have in either indirect or direct competition to AEW, 
that's where it's going to get interesting. I know we talked mm-hmm. about that a little while ago. Yeah, that would be something that I would want to see as a fan, not as competition, but don't because don't make me choose. But I would love to have in a three-hour block on a Tuesday night, uh, NXT air at eight o'clock and then AEW air from nine to eleven. That's a win for everybody. Make it happen, uh, Triple H. You, I, you might have just get out a crystal ball moment there. I could see this happening now. The more you think about it, I would love Man. for that to happen. So I, mean, like, I would buy like cable said, if that happened. Yeah, like we said at the beginning, WWE is not their direct competition. It's NXT. As far as similar product, similar style, similar wrestlers, and where those wrestlers would go if they right. poach them. If I can That's get Adam Cole and Sammy Guevara on the same night within the same three-hour window, I would consider that a good night. But uh, still, we have till October for that to happen. Yeah. And a lot has to happen before that even comes uh, comes down. Don't worry, uh, man. Ex- if that's on Friday, you may get that, and you may get Jay Lethal at twelve o'clock at night, <laughs> <laughs> or whenever Ring of Honor decides to air their knee brace commercials. Um, <laughs> if you are going to Palm Springs, June seventeenth for your SmackDown house show, it's canceled. Yeah, you, you so get that. You yeah, so that. so make sure that you uh, you know get you go to talk to Ticketmaster. <laughs> or the box office to get your um, tickets refunded. So, unfortunately, that's a no. And also, uh, Corpus Christi, Texas, uh, your SmackDown House show, that's also canceled. So, if you're, uh, if you're trying to see the show at the American Bank Center, nope. Get your tickets refunded at the point of purchase or at the box office from 10 to 6, Monday <laughs> through Friday. Um, oops. Yeah. Uh, Forbes magazine suggested a triple A, the triple A suggested AEW promotion may actually have made more of an impression on the internet than people think. Um, during uh, quoting Forbes magazine now, double or nothing's Google trend numbers indicate that the upstart promotion has just more than a niche following. Saturday night's showcase boasted over 200,000 Google searches. I figure that trailed only game six of the Bucks Raptors Eastern, Con- Eastern Conference finals game which was the most watched NBA game in all of Canada. Now, granted, more people live in California than in Canada, but still, big deal for the Canadians. Yeah, that's, that's, that's absolutely nothing. The only reason why that's that is, is that that way because everyone's looking for links. That's it. That's it. Uh, but, but still, but no, but it's still impressions are impressions, and that still makes a damn bit of difference that uh, you know that many people took create, to the Google to figure it out. It don't create revenue. It is just people looking for links and continuously looking for links because you're not. It, finding I mean, unless you know something that I don't, you can't say that it doesn't create revenue. You have two hundred thousand people individually yeah. looking on the internet to watch to uh, to find out about the show. Yeah, uh, and uh, if what? half of them bought a pay per view, cool. If ten percent of them bought a pay per view, that's still ten thousand more than they had. The way fifty bucks a piece. The way I look at impressions is that impressions is not linked to a, a IP address. So that means that if you continue to look over it, you are creating impressions on its own, which means that you're not going online looking at AEW link and you're going to find it or every AEW stream. You're not going to find it or AEW for free. You're not going to find it. You're really going to have to search the, you know, the bottom of the bottom to find it. So you're creating impressions by your continuous link. So those aren't necessarily people. Those are those are a group of people continuously searching because it's not what you're accustomed to in the wrestling world where you want to see something and it's on the 9.99. Hey, oh wait, it's free here. Oh wait, I need a new address, a new email address. I'll get it that way. Where it's an easier method to find it, but when it's more something, you, look, I put it this way: 
put those numbers next to a like a boxing match that a big well, match. Uh, for in this Forest Magazine article, they actually compared it to a WWE interest over the same point of time over a week, and WWE's interest interest from the day after Money in the Bank, which is May twentieth, it's not uh, to the twenty sixth. Um, their interest went from 100% on a scale of 1 to 100, from 100 down to 49. Yeah. Uh, AEW went from a 5 to an 86. Yeah, so it's not, it's not a fair comparison because it, once it, you, if you want to live what? for something, if you want to live for something with WWE, you can use an email address and get a free subscription so you have an easier way to do that. Also, you can use other people's subscriptions, uh, other people's password to get in. AEW, you're not using somebody else's fight. You're not you you you're not finding a, a free subscription nowhere. You have to legit find a a, a a legal stream. So those those impressions that they're looking for are people just continuously searching the web for it. It's it's not fair. Now again, the comparison is to something like either a UFC fight on uh, ESPN Plus or a boxing match, which is only on on pay per view. Something that there's only one way to get it. But WWE is in a comparison because, for instance, you want to watch WWE? Here's my WWE Network password. Hey, you're watching it for free. Not not everybody does that, and that's yeah. honestly a small oh. percentage of Jamal Jamal of the population. Jamal. Now, if we had to sit here and do analysts on how many people share people other people's Netflix password, all of us are going to go down. <laughs> no, there's everyone is sharing everyone's Netflix password. It is everyone absolutely. isn't sharing it. I mean, like, and even Netflix came out and said like. It's more than we would like, but it's not every single person. I mean, like that's that's not that's woefully untrue. Also, that's well, with that said, the only thing about these numbers is that my point is is that compared to AEW, has seen a rise in interest over the last week that was bigger than people that bigger bigger than people thought. Whether that means translates into actual dollars and cents is something that you can't you know that's not a tangible uh, you know source of. You know, of information there. Yeah. But what we do know is, is that a bunch of dudes suddenly had an interest in AEW. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> now, if you think it was three people 15,000 times, you know, hitting the uh, spam in the, uh, the inner button to search, then so be it. It was 15 dudes. Yeah. I don't think so. But I think the AEW has seen like a, you know, 300% increase in interest in the course of a week leading up to their show. Fair enough. That's very interesting to me. Fair enough. Um, and, and of course, the last thing is NXT Takeover Bridgeport is um, happening this weekend. We're not. That's twenty-five. Yeah, I know what I said. Uh, so it's uh, <laughs> happening this weekend in a beautiful uh, seaside town of Bridgeport, Connecticut, um, at the Webster Bank Arena. I will be there, and I'm very excited for that. So you know, we have a weekend of um, AEW doing their thing in Vegas. Uh, Takeover Bridgeport is happening, and I can't wait to get my Takeover Bridgeport shirt um, from the merch truck <laughs> next to the, next to the Denny's. You won't be getting that. I, you, you damn straight, I will. If you get a bridge for a shirt, please, please take a picture of it. It is going to be the hottest commodity ever. But if you do get that twenty-five shirt, I will not. I will know that that is going to be available for you. Well, I, I, I want both. So if if both are available, that's what I'm going to get. <laughs> so I need that. I was there for takeover bridge for a shirt. <laughs> where, 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 where did these guys come from? <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> you invited me, sir. That's that's what happened. <laughs> okay, so but good. that's going to happen this weekend, and it's only five matches, but it's going to be a hell of a show, as it should be. Anyway, that should be a good match. Can't wait for that. Um, the Saudis is going down next Friday, and yeah, um, yeah that's 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 it. 
that's it. I don't even know what how long the show has been, but I know we got to be done. We got to be done. Got to be done. Um, fellas, please. Any last remarks? Wrap it up. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, let me let me just say this. Um, overall, it's been a great week for wrestling, regardless of how you stand on for WWE or not. Jamal, and I think Jamal, Jamal, hold on a second, and we'll hold on a second. Doctor M and, and and Sellers, we got this thing that goes on the show that's called No Dead Air. So even if you don't know what you want to say, just say something because a silence is a silence. Especially when I produce the show, I see this little thin line, and I'm like, "Damn, what the happen? What happened there?" So remember, everyone, get in there, eat, get those thoughts out because that's what people listen. Well, to. I was before you interrupted me. What you are got you doing? That. You got that crap. You got that. Go ahead. Go. But go no, ahead. no, no. For me though, it was it was nothing on that part. Like I needed because I know we was trying to wrap up the show, but no, like, no, even, you. It's even, open. It's open. Talk as much as you want. I don't click go. I don't click off until you guys say I am done. Well, no, no, I, I I can get you that, but enough has been said on on Dean Ambrose and 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 everything that we have for this. So I just I just thought anybody else, you know, not enough has been said on Takeover Bridgeport. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You mean you could have easily marked out for that? You could have marked out for the Saudi Arabia. I mean, Goldberg and Undertaker. I mean, how long have you really? Like literally, it? I'll say this, and this might be a negative down, down dandy to this, but like literally after Takeover this on Saturday, I might be canceling my network to SummerSlam. <laughs> oh that's no, just, that, that's just a different. That's a you different won't you won't do it. Oh, watch I dare you. Can I just tell you watch guys me. that Sellis texts me every week. And tells me that he's on the cusp of canceling his network. I am. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I'm saving 20 bucks for gas in two months, so I might be doing that. Like you said, Will, at, at 9 95 it's supposed to be the premium of how much you're paying for your wrestling content. I'm not even going to waste that on the way the WWE content has been for the past week or so. So I'm, I'm just saying, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, mm. but I, I didn't want to bring that up in a positive conversation talking about AEW. But yeah, seriously, after the takeover, like I'm, I'm might be done. So then, so then that, that's another historic moment. Then the last match that you could see would be uh, the main event at NXT Takeover Bridgeport. Got that right? I'm excited. Uh, I got that right. I'm, I'm, I'm about to be like you, Jamal. I'm about to be like you. I'm, I'll, I'll read about it. I maybe watch a highlight, <laughs> but I'm not gonna watch it. I am sick of you guys. Goldberg coming to SmackDown <laughs> this Tuesday. This FYI just got released on WWE. If that show isn't canceled, I go yeah. back. To, <laughs> I'll go back to 1999 <laughs> and act like I care. <laughs> Jamal, go ahead. Go ahead and say your point. And yeah, let's do this. Um, I think you know, like what I was saying is that like, it's a good week to be a wrestling fan. Um, uh, AEW had a, a very impactful uh, show, um, and we obviously look forward to many more from them. Um, WWE, it's going to be interesting to see now that AEW is a player. We don't know how big yet. To see if they even respond. Um, and then, of course, uh, Ring of Honor. Yeah, I mean, as much as we like to you know, harp on WWE for being the biggest you know, dog in the yard, if you're, if you're at Ring of Honor with a lack of women's division, um, oh, a bunch of old hands that really, you know, they need a, they need a fresh shakeup more than anybody else. Uh, TNA was taken to the brink, and now they've come back in a really big way. Uh, WWE can do it if they really wanted to. And AEW has made it such a huge splash. And then there's stuff on the indie scene. And then Ring of Honor is just kind of like there with Jay Lethal and the Briscoes and Dalton Castle and Marty Skrull, who are all great, but should be greater. And I really feel not bad, but just kind of like, what are you doing, Ring of Honor? Get it together. 
But, I mean, it, it, they're, they're having a show in Baltimore um, end of next month. And that's not even on my radar. And I'm about to get on like a five-hour bus ride to the god only awful, most worst city in Connecticut to see Velveteen Dream. And I never thought that I would say that considering how like revered Ring of Honor is. But ugh, get it together, guys. You just gave me like my commercial while I'm canceling my network after Saturday. I'm just saying. Just in the WWE verse. Because, you get, because you're getting Honor Club? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Fair Does enough. anybody have Honor Club? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know a soul who has Honor Club. Not at, not one brother. Bird. Mm. All right. Well. Yeah. All right. Okay, well, let's go home. Yeah, let's go home, everybody. Thank you for coming out tonight. I was good to have everybody here, man. It's been a while, man. We it just hasn't been the full party in a while. But wait, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on, wait. God damn it. When's, when's the anniversary date? Did we just pass it? Yeah, our anniversary date is, uh, I think, March 20th, I think. I think. I don't know. I'll put out a tweet. No big deal. We don't care about anniversaries. We just do what we do anyway. So, what was it? Four years? Five years? Where are we at now? I, I don't know. Three or four years. But our anniversary date was on the show. We had uh, the Radiant Rain on that date. So, um, Will Finney, a legend in her own. Uh, stalking by to talk to us and when you consider where we came from from just talking and rambling around for a couple of years to actually getting some interviews to getting some big names man that's a big accomplishment but um like i said i think we're doing a good job we're having fun we got a little audience here and we're making some waves in the area and and yeah i think we got some good going on here so uh anniversary or not this has been still been fun and another week is in the books but um, like I like to tell people, if you want to know what's coming up next, you got to subscribe to the YouTube because I, I got those interviews already queued up. And if you are subscribing to them, you'll get that email letting you know that this is coming up and something's coming up next week, too. I'm not even going to drop it because I'm just going to make you say, oh, I got to go check it out. And then go, you're going to subscribe. So you do that. <laughs> but um, as always, you know, we're going to we're going to keep pushing out content. We got our weekly show on Thursdays. We got interviews that are a little impromptu because we got to work with the people we'll be getting on the show. So, you know, stay tuned. And by all means, by all means, if there's someone that you're interested in us chatting with that is within our realm, do not email us, tweet us, DM us, talk about get Kofi Kingston because you know it's not happening. We're not, <laughs> we're, we're not, we're not those guys. We're not. We, we, we're in our margin. But if it's some independent wrestlers, referees, um, promoters, owners, or anything that deals with wrestling that we may be able to reach out to and you want to hear, give us a shout. We'll work something out. And that does include ROH people, some impact people possibly, um, and uh, not AEW, not none of that, I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't know. Maybe. Wait, is he telling me we can't get Kofi, Kofi Kingston? Bullshit, I say we can. Okay, we'll get Kofi. Kofi's on next week, y'all. Put put out the tweet. <laughs> Kofi next Monday. Yeah, that's when maybe people come come through and do it. Anyway, Kofi's in Ghana right now. Good for my man. Give him back to his homeland. I give him that props for that. But anyway, I'm rambling on. We gotta go. Um. Anyway, but yeah, subscribe to YouTube. Get all the information there. All the information on BigOBellGroup.com. You can see all the independent shows in our area that we will be attending, affiliated with, or promoting, and so forth. And by all means, BGBGroup.com. We can see Dr. M put out all the do, doing all the hard work out there because he's back. So now you hear the voice to the man that's behind all of the Twitter and social media work. So that's that. But anyway, this is our Thursday show. We're signing out. And we'll catch you guys next week.